0: Yeah, we buy mission-based businesses, as Dennis said, values-based businesses. And we buy, honestly, where founders are involved and they understand their business. They have command of their business and they can convey that to us, to a potential franchisee. And that gets us excited, right? If you can get up in the morning and the business has a strong mission, strong values, really solid founders that are passionate about both of those, we can come in and really help them scale that and, and go quick.
1: Welcome to Franchise Empires, where aspiring entrepreneurs learn exactly what it takes to become a successful franchise owner from one location to 10 and beyond. I'm the Wolf of Franchises. Hey everyone, it's the Wolf. Today's bonus episode includes Level 5 Capital. They're one of the biggest franchise-focused private equity companies out there, and we dive into their model. They not only invest in franchisors, but with every investment they make, they'll also open 20, 30, 40, 50 plus locations for the brand and function as an anchor franchisee. It's a fascinating model, and we get to learn about both the inner workings of multi-unit franchise ownership at scale, as well as investing in franchisors and what their business model looks like. I think you're gonna enjoy this one. The Wolf of Franchises is the CEO of Wolfpack Franchising, as well as a creator at Workweek Media. All opinions expressed by the Wolf and podcast guests are solely their own opinions, and do not reflect the opinion of Wolfpack Franchising or Workweek. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. The Wolf, Workweek, and Wolfpack Franchising may maintain positions in the franchises discussed on this podcast. Scott and Dennis, thanks. Thanks both for coming on. You know, really excited to learn more about kind of the world of franchise private equity. And I think a lot of listeners are too. Do you want to just, you know, as a primer and feel free, either of you guys can take this, just, you know, what is level five, what size funds were raised and, you know, generally what's the investment thesis?
0: Sure. I can give it a start and Dennis, you can add on. So level five capital is a small to mid-sized private equity company. We tend to focus our efforts on efforts in personal services, family services, kind of health wellness. We started off as actually the founders of Level Five were Level Three communication executives back in the day in Colorado, and while they were in Colorado, they were looking at other opportunities too. From you know, they didn't you know corporate jobs aren't forever, so they were always trying to find new opportunities. And they found this company called Core Power Yoga and became early investors in that as franchisees, franchisors. And that's where level four yoga came about. And then fast forward in 2017, 18, we wanted to scale more into, we invested in Big Blue Swim School as an opportunity investment. Uh, And then we wanted to kind of scale beyond that. And we raised our first fund, which was a hundred million dollar fund that's been fully utilized to date. That's already realized some returns, uh, you know, our restore investment. We had a, an exit recently with General Atlantic back in December, mostly on the franchisor front. Part of our ethos too, is when we go into an early stage investment, we obviously want to make sure the unit model is sound, but we also help the unit model get better by using some of our, kind of what we call our acceleration services team And we, you know, really with our new store opening process, with our real estate and construction teams, also we have Fran Dev as a service, finance as a service, HR as a service, those types of things to help scale the executive team, scale the opportunity, make sure that the business has enough capital to get through the acceleration curve, if you will, from a peak negative cash flow. And that's where we focus on, but Restore was one of those investments where we exited the franchisor investment, but we actually also maintain the franchisee investment today. So we do like to say we drink our own champagne, if you will. With each of the brands we invest in, we also become a anchor, large anchor franchisee. Heyday Skincare, where uh, will be a seventy-five unit operator. Kids Strong, same thing, will be a sixty-unit operator, and we set those businesses up as their own entities where they have a CEO and his board of directors, et cetera, to manage those businesses. So trying to teach the brands how to build units and systems at scale uh, so large and other large investors will want to be attracted to the business model. We're on to fund two now. It's 300 million now. Some of the investments I just mentioned to you are also part of that process as well. Dennis, add on. I know I talk a lot, so go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think just
2: to Scott's point, you know, one of the main drivers for level five capital is to come in and You know, stand up a brand, give them an opportunity to have everything they need to actually start to expand across, you know, a region or a state or a country or even international. Um, And then you start scaling and then ultimately they stand alone. and, And at some point, our services are not always required. So I think that's a pretty responsible piece that Level 5 brings to all of the portfolio companies that we're involved in.
0: Yeah, it's not just capital coming into the business. We have the capital piece and the investment team and you know the fiduciary responsibility. But we also have the executives. We've got about a hundred and twenty-person team, like I said, across all those different areas of expertise to help the brand make sure, you know, they don't make founder level mistakes and get themselves in a hole where they don't need to be. And if they do, we're there to support them on both the operational side, but also the capital side. And we continue to refine the AS services because it is an area where, you know, when you go into a founder-led company, there might be the founder, some good, solid, mid-level managers at their locations, their corporate stores, but they don't have a senior staff of people that know how to build out marketing plans, know how to build out territory plans, that don't know how to build out utilization and finance models to help really Make sure that their franchisees are profitable, because you know the key is
1: if you have profitable franchisees, everything is really becomes easier. Definitely, yeah, I, I totally agree with that uh, last line, and I think uh, sometimes franchisors maybe miss that. So I love that that's part of your guys' thesis you know what do you guys look for in franchisors cuz you've invested across a few different you know industries between big blue swim school Heyday, and i know recently go dog right like go dog only has i think if i'm not mistaken like three locations and that's it but it was a 20 million dollar investment so yeah here's the go dog yeah yeah i mean do you guys like is it any specific average unit volume you're looking for you know what kind of peaks your interest when you see an emerging franchisor
0: Well, first off, our experience with Big Blue—we love large capex business models. It creates a natural moat around the defensible moat around the business, right? Because not, you know, you think of think of health and well, think of just fitness, right? How many concepts are out there that, you know, are 150 to 500 grand, and they're just on every corner, right? I mean, the competition level for that market share is pretty high. Whereas, you know, you go into a, you know, dogs and kids, right? That's first of all, that's a business model that there's a need for, it. people need to drop their dogs off for boarding or daycare. People need to have their kids learn how to swim. So there's a strong need in the marketplace, and the competition is fairly minimal. I mean, if it's not minimal, there's not a lot of... like So, so for instance, like Dogtopia, what's the other one, Dennis, that, that's out there? Um, Camp Bow Wow, right? Yeah, those types of businesses, if they are in your area, and you try to have your dog get into daycare... Chances are, if you don't get in pretty quick, you're not going to... It's like other day child daycare facilities. <laughs> you're just not going to get in, right? My wife gets an email every morning from Camp Bao saying, oh, we're sold out if you haven't scheduled your appointment yet, so you can't get in. So there's a real high demand. So we tend to look for really strong demand businesses in the market. But the high capex is critical, too, because that gives us that defensible moat around that
1: and then allows us to you know, capture the market share. Interesting. So do you not worry, though, on the franchisee side? You know, maybe that it's uh, because, like you said, right, the investment range is so much higher. Does that worry you on the Zor side for growth, right, and finding more franchisees or no? I'll let Dennis answer that question.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, for those of you that are familiar with franchising and, and when you work on the development side, you know, there's a lot of head trash that might come along with Higher investments, but we actually find that as we go through the mutual valuation process, our candidates are buying in faster and they're actually really comfortable and supportive with that higher initial investment. And it is not something that outwardly somebody would just see and assume to be a fact, but we have very high conversions. And, you know, a good unit model solves a lot of problems. However, I think that the comfort that comes along with someone being able to, as Scott said, have a defensible moat around your business for a big blue swim school, for example, if you're two, three, three and a half million dollars to get a pool open, somebody's not likely to come along and build a five million dollar pool
0: or out position you in the marketplace. I mean, at the end of the day, with all of our analytics to find the sites and put the three million in the ground, they're not you're not going to get out positioned. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people say you can't own a utility company. And
1: uh, the cool thing is you can own the swim school, you know, market share in in your community. Definitely. And you said something there, you know, like a good unit model solves a lot of problems. Is there a specific like potential payback period that you guys look for in brands on an annual basis? Yeah. I mean, we, we don't just
0: look at payback. We
1: look at return on invested capital.
0: We look at IRRs. We're looking at you know, just what is the long-term. What we love about Big food is the demand is there. The, yes, the higher capex and the inflation and interest rates and everything, but there's no price elasticity in the business. Meaning, I can raise rates $10 a half hour and nothing really happens to the attrition of the customer base, continues to scale. I mean we just went through a board meeting today and we're seeing across all our pools you know somewhere what we call paid weekly lessons are up over 130 percent for the year i mean that's just it's just continues to scale and we you know it's like as the brand continues to grow we're not seeing a i mean we have a couple pools that have some operational challenges but overall the unit model the business itself continues to hit new marks, if you will, as we open pools. Like we just opened our Paramus, New Jersey pool, and it had over 3,000 kids in the first week, right? That's day one, you open your pool, right? And when you think of these businesses, probably about 1,200 kids is where your break-even point is. So you can imagine that franchisee already said, I'm buying two more locations, even though they're three and a half million piece. Yeah,
1: that's fantastic.
0: We also wrestle with right-sizing. I mean, you know, you can have a
2: franchise partner come in and, and swallow up a large market that has a lot of you know trade areas inside of that market. And you got to look at the development schedule and figure out, you know, how that all works into just enterprise value because getting doors open on time is really critical. And uh, it's something that we pay a lot of attention to. So, you know, again, for anybody in franchising, you have this grappling between do you have less franchise partners in a system? Where you have less opinions and it's just easier to solve for, you know, franchise advisory council issues, et cetera. Or do you have more franchise partners that are probably going to be able to meet their development schedule on time and on budget and, you know, get those doors open faster. So there's just always those types of things you've got to consider when you're, you know, approaching just the growth for any of the the
0: brands.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And um, back
0: to Godog. We love Godog because its unit model is yeah. better than Big Blue's. Right? So so here's the difference. So you got your core business, which is the boarding and the daycare, but then you have the social piece. So you're hitting all these different demographics. Like Boarding is used What's by- the social? Like yeah, so dog we,
1: birthday parties or something? <laughs> Like There's businesses doing that.
0: There, I, I'm sure. It's yeah. a thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, It's actually, so you, you're you a single person, you have a dog or a couple, or you have a girlfriend, and you guys want to get the dog to, you move to a new area, you want the dog to have a place to play, like a playground, indoor park. There's beer and wine and like a little food truck. You can come in, have the dogs play, and it's a cheap membership. It's very low membership to come in. Obviously, the food and the alcohol is going to be where you make your margins but that's your like, also leads you into the daycare, leads you into the boarding. It's a one-stop shop kind of think of Walmart for your dog, if you will. Cause eventually there's gonna be go dog play, go dog stay, go dog social, go dog behave. Cause you know, so all of the, anything dog related will be part of the facility.
1: That's brilliant. I love that. And I mean, how do you guys balance like you know, the, uh, the unit model the economics of the ZOARs, because you're obviously playing, you know, you said it before, I think like you drink your own champagne or, or something like that. Uh. It's important to have separate teams, right? So the
0: acceleration service team partners with the franchise brand a lot of times to help them scale, build out the business net nationwide, and the fran- and make sure the franchisees are successful. The franchisee business, ha- like I said, we hire CEOs, we hire operational teams, GMs, and regionals to support that we give them the playbook and the framework that level 5 is used to doing across other portfolio companies to support them but and then we have our investment team which is really the board level team that sits and helps really hold the executive team responsible for the the budgets and so forth and the goals so it's kind of like this cycle this really nice loop so we are the friendly ones we come meaning my team Dennis's team we we're the, like we're their partners but if we see something that's not right and we're not getting the right support, we go to the investment team who then goes to the board and kind of holds the management team accountable. So it's a nice, so we're, we're always ahead of the board conversations. We're not like a typical private equity. We go to the, we find things out at the board meeting. We know going into the board meeting what's happening with the business.
1: Okay, yeah, because I'm just thinking about it, right? Like obviously increasing maybe the royalty by a percentage is good for the Zora investment. But if you guys also own 75 locations, now you're losing 1% of revenue across all those locations as well, so.
0: Yeah, but w- the way we look at our, our outcomes and everything, which is our returns for our invest- our LPs, is as a platform, we sold a $10 million EBITDA franchise unit business, which has, say, 40 units open of whatever business it is, plus the franchise or investment, whatever percentage we are, if we're a majority owner or even just a percentage, or like you know, every store, we were a minority owner. And those two, if we saw those blended together to the new buyer, you you get a much higher multiple on your invested capital.
1: Okay. And um, for the most part, the model that you outlined, it seems to be like all what you guys have done, meaning investing in Zoars, but then also acting as that anchor franchisee. But I know it's Orange Theory, right? You guys are just a franchisee of like 100 and 100 plus locations. You know, was there anything specific about Orange Theory as a brand that you know was compelling enough to not uh, just just be a franchisee? A solid unit model, very good unit model, very good
0: management team at the and good private equity behind it with rock Capital, and you know we wanted to consolidate and create a platform that we could get an arbitrage on, and um, you know learn from them because they've done great things. That's the other beauty of Level 5 is everything we do is just tons and tons of learnings, Dennis can tell you. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, there's always feedback loops and you're always adjusting
2: as you learn and perfect doesn't exist, but I think you can get really close when you analyze the data and data's not cheap. It's an investment that's really expensive and the same with software. I mean, technology is something that Level 5 looks at very closely as well, but because we are an anchor franchisee with, you know, the portfolio companies that we're involved with i think that that standard deviation of you know here's what we expect for a store or a shop to perform at and there's a high and a low it's just if you can get as close as you can to that you know average or above then you're just going to continue to win and i think that is it's almost like an elevated franchise advisory council because you do have you know People that are in the business and opening multiple units, just refining it, and ultimately that that it all swings back to the unit model.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know, since you guys have seen, just you know, you've evaluated investments for Level Five, and then you, I'm sure you had some insight into that transaction where uh, Restore, you know, the they acquired right, or sorry, Restore was acquired by General Atlantic. You know, like, is there a specific criteria when a franchisor is acquired that comes to the forefront? You know, is like the royalty stream the most important or are there brands, you know, where, you know, a lot of food brands, right, also make margin on it, supplying the inputs like forks and dough for the bread if there's, you know, a sandwich company. Like, are there specific franchisors that just command a higher multiple that you guys have seen?
0: I think, again, the most important thing for a brand's multiple is A, are the, is the unit average unit volume of that franchise system growing, right? Is it an appropriate royalty stream? And if there is supply, so for instance, Restore owns the manufacturer of the cryo machines, right? So... You're supplying the franchisees with the machines at a rate that is cheaper than if they were to go out and buy it on their own, but still a margin enough to where the franchisor makes a profit there. So yes, to answer your question, obviously, if there are multiple revenue streams and the contracts that are signed have like the length of those contracts is critical. If it's a five-year term versus a 10 versus 15 versus 20, that also, because that's a built-in revenue stream for the private equity coming into the business. Also, what's important is of the people who are developing within the brand, so the developers that are, have a development schedules, are they on track? Are they opening a consistent amount of whatever it is, stores, quality doors on a regular basis? If that's the case, you're going to get a higher multiple. If you've got stronger, larger franchisees in the system that are family offices, private equity, you're going to convey a higher multiple because those typically franchisees are going to perform on their schedules and then if you have some decent white space for growth or for future acquisitions where you can leverage some shared services, those brands are gonna convey a higher multiple as well. That's why you're seeing a lot of these brand, these companies like Buzz Brands, Propelled Brands, you know, they've got these shared services, brand dev, et cetera, similar to what Level 5 does from an acceleration service perspective, but they're able to share those services across brands and leverage that and build more enterprise value. I think one of the other
2: common themes that you'll recognize with Level 5 is all of the brands are changing
0: lives locally. I think that the mission vision value is very important to us as well. Yeah, we buy mission-based businesses, as Dennis said, values-based businesses. And we buy, honestly, where founders are involved and they understand their business. They have command of their business and they can convey that to us, to a potential franchisee. And that gets us excited, right? If you can get up in the morning and the business has a strong mission, strong values, really solid founders that are passionate about both of those, we can come in and really help them scale that and, and go quick.
1: No, definitely. Yeah, it's just really interesting to hear, hear about this. I mean, you guys are really the only ones kinda this involved in the franchisor and franchisee level. I'll tell you, it's um, not easy work, right? <laughs> uh, but we are creating the value. Yeah. So, so if you think about it, most private
0: equity buys, when, let's say 100 units, 200 units, and then they take it to 500 units and sell it or whatever. And they manage yeah. a good management team. We're, we're building the management teams. We're building the systems. We're helping them scale it and through capital and people to get there. And then we're creating a lot of value, much higher multiples for the, the partners that are the limited partners that are involved versus a standard
1: private equity I don't want the SEC to come after me. I'm not quoting Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And I mean, for level five, like, is there an ultimate vision with like number of brands or anything like that? You know, like how many deals are you looking to do a year? Uh, or is that, is there no cadence?
0: Well, I know we're, we're, you know, right now we're bit off a big chunk that we've got to chew now through Q1, Q2. I think we'll start looking at, you know, more brands, Q3, four of next year. We've got to get, so, you know, Part of our journey that we like to take our brands through is depending on where they are in the cycle, but stand up, scale, stand alone. And some of the brands we're helping stand alone and some of the brands are brand new that we have to build out a lot of work on. And then we're standing them up and then we've got a couple that are in the scale. So we'll always be in that kind of conveyor belt mode of taking brands through. 10 to 12 brands has um, been referenced more than once. So just to give you. Yeah, just for my team, you get an example of my team. We have Dennis, we have another VP, we have two directors, two managers, we've got an operations team, and we got a legal and compliance team, all under the FranDev of kind of enterprise.
2: Yeah. And I will tell you, when we have candidates from all over the country that are going through our mutual evaluation process, they're looking at many other opportunities. I'll tell you, they really connect and resonate with the fact that, you know, we are eating our own dog food. We're out there, we're growing these, we're opening them with them. We're speaking their language. And um, there's a huge comfort to that. And I think it is very rare, but it's also very well respected.
1: Definitely. I mean, I worked for a franchise sales organization. So for basically one little component of what Level 5 has. And uh, it would have been uh, possibly made the conversations a lot easier, right? If we could have spoken to the fact that, hey, our company's also operating uh, some locations. So I can definitely resonate with that. I mean, so if a franchise or, you know, fa- let's say an early stage franchise or is listening to this, uh, which I'm sure there's a few who are probably on the email list at a minimum, you know, like, w- what could they do potentially if they're hearing this and saying, because to me, if I'm a franchise or founder, like, yeah, obviously, maybe the dream is to bootstrap it, but you can do a lot more with capital. So and also just, It's hard to do everything on your own. You guys clearly have a lot of expertise and can provide a lot of value. So if I'm a franchise or founder, you know, what should I be doing to maybe ready myself for a potential investment from a level five or or someone?
0: Really, really understand your unit model. Understand what are the levers that they have to pull to make it successful. Understand your CAC. Understand your LTV. Understand your cost per lead. Understand your seasons of the business, if there are seasons of the business, understand utilization if they're service-based business, understand your cost of goods sold and your margins. You gotta really, you've gotta own it and know what levers you need to pull to make a profit. If you can do that and you can also convey, here's where your growth, here's your market, here's your total addressable market, here's how many doors are open, that that you've done corporately or with maybe a couple franchisees. And then here's the opportunity, right? And then if you get the capital, here's what I'm going to do with it and why. And if you can convey a lot of that, that answer a lot of those questions and the value that you're going to be able to create and share the return on that investment, yeah, you create a nice story for yourself. There are people out there that can support you to create what we call a sim which is what the what a lot of that information will be in there. It. it shows the industry, it shows the market, it shows the competitors, it shows the opportunity, and then it shows your unit model and why you're unique, then capital will follow that. Yeah, I think one of the other things
2: too is just data and technology and software and, you know, do you have a frictionless journey? Do you have ease of use? I mean, all of these things come into play. You can have the best service in the category, but, there's a lot of other things that play into that and feed into that so that you can propel that growth and getting to steady state. And there are just so many different pieces and there's strategy and there's tactics. And I think level five just spends a whole lot of time and investment in that arena. And, and I think it kind of makes that, you know, that much more special.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I got to imagine the founders that secure an investment, I'm sure are pretty excited when it happens. So yeah, look guys, this was cool to chat and get a little bit more insight, just how you guys operate. Like I said before, right, you're really the only ones kind of doing this. So I think it was, uh, it'll be fun to share with the world and you know, we'll include this in the newsletter that goes out to about 28,000. So if you're listening to this, Check out Wolf of Franchises.com, subscribe to the newsletter. But yeah, Scott and Dennis, thanks for joining. And um, is there anywhere where, you know, folks want to learn more about you both individually or just what you're doing with Level 5? You know, where can they check you out online?
0: You can find Level 5 Capital at L5 Capital. Five is spelled out F-I-V-E dot com. You can go to any of our brand websites to go to HQ.com, BigBlueSwimSchool.com, KidStrong.com heydayskincare.com, orangetheoryfitness.com. Those are our brands. LinkedIn, find me, Scott Thompson. I don't know what my code, my, my hashtag is there or whatever, but uh, you can, Scott Thompson, Level 5 Capital, I'm sure you'll be able to find me. Yeah, and if you have any questions, just shoot me a note at l 5 capitalcom and I uh, would be
2: more than happy
1: to, to get back to you. Beautiful. All right, we'll find Scott's LinkedIn profile and link to that in the show notes, and same as uh, Dennis's info. But yeah, thanks again, guys. And we'll chat soon. Thanks. You bet. Thanks for listening to Franchise Empires. We're coming to you soon with actionable insights to take the next step on your franchise journey. So make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen.